Welcome to the December 28th episode of Locked On Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morissuti. The Leafs start the post-Christmas schedule with a win in overtime over the St. Louis Blues. As always, we'll break it down and we'll give you our three stars of the game. And then, Dave, we got to talk about this big upset Canada sustained at the World Junior Championships on Boxing Day. I know you were heartbroken. I was. And a lot of the country was, which means probably a lot of Leafs Nation uh, kind of mad about how things kind of went down. So we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the World Juniors as well. Bit of a rough start for the red and white. All that and more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leaps. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-star, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs, the daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also now catch us up on YouTube. That's Locked on Lease on YouTube. And hit subscribe. We've got new content, new videos coming out to you each and every day. It's all Leafs all the time, and it's where you want to be if you want to be part of Leafs Nation. Every Monday through Friday, each day, new videos uh, right here at Locked on Leafs. And Dave, I mean, how was your Christmas, buddy? It was very, very relaxing. Relaxing, that's good. Well, well fed. Food. <laughs> yeah, well fed. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's oh, well yeah. fed, and then you end up in a bit of a food coma for a couple of days. Yes, sir. It was the fish, fish on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. lots and lots of fish. Then it was lasagna on Christmas Day. Nice, very, very nice. Molto bene. So interestingly, my Christmas Eve kind of got spoiled by the weather. Um, I don't know if, if a lot of people's Christmas Eve ended up getting spoiled, but um, half my family wasn't able to make it because you know we're in Niagara Falls, which is close to Buffalo, and they got hammered um, along like the outskirts of the city by the lake effect of like Lake Erie and the Niagara River, and it was legitimately like a whiteout. You could not see in like the Fort Erie, Stevensville area. If people are familiar with that side, that section of the Niagara region. It was insane. So I have family in Chippewa, which is right there in that region as well. And they were unable to, uh, to, uh, well, see. So they honestly just couldn't come out. So it was, it was a bit more of a subdued holiday than it typically is. We could actually speak to each other at a regular tone, not having to yell over top of 48 different people. My uh, fellow Paisans and you, Dave, definitely know what that's all about. Mm. Uh, but it was good. You know, it's still good. And then getting to spend Christmas Day with uh, with the immediate family. And my mother's birthday is on Christmas Day. So she always it's always extra special to celebrate and stuff. So, you know, I had a good, uh, had a good little Christmas holiday good weekend and then uh boxing day came and it was all about you know how was canada gonna do watch a bit of world juniors and then watch the game we'll get to that in a moment obviously we'll talk about the loss there and you know what was so upsetting about it and and you know our thoughts on how everything went but why don't we talk about the leafs win in st louis first let's get to that 
order of business, uh, a 5-4 victory in overtime. Um, Dave, first and foremost, I saw you tweet out uh, out on the Twitter sphere. You know, it's games like this that make me excited to hop on the Lockdown Leafs and, and chat about the game. Why is that, Dave? What what excites oh, you? What better? What talk about? I knew as soon as Justin Hall scored the opening goal of the game, we were going to be in for a lovely night of Leafs yeah. hockey. Yeah. Just absolute chaos. Sheldon Keith is ready to kill Wes McCauley. <laughs> Just from start start to finish, like there was no dull moment in that game. Not whatsoever. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty solid. I mean, like there was a lot of goals. We had nine goals altogether. There was penalties, power plays, uh, shorthanded goals, power play goals. You ended up getting a a stick to the face that goes uncalled late, and you got Sheldon Keith berating the official from then on out. We had TJ Brody take a penalty shot in overtime. Uh, it was it was great, and then we you know, we saw some depth scoring also. Like you said, Justin Hall scored a goal. Alex Kerfoot scored a goal. Yarncroft got another one. Um, a little nifty play where he just kind of shoved it into the net. So, you know, I, I thought that it was a, a very entertaining win as well. One that coaches probably aren't going to be thrilled with. And there'll be some, you know, some corrections that will need to be made going into the next game. I can guarantee you that one. But um, I, I want to start with the goaltending. And, and Ilya Samsonov allowed four goals tonight. And, you know, this is now three straight starts where he's kind of struggled, been a little meh. You know, a couple of those goals he definitely wants back. Remember, he started that game against Philly right before the holiday, and, and even he said, not my greatest game, a couple of goals that I want back. And then same thing in in, uh, in in Washington. It seems like these last three games, there's probably two goals at least that he wants back in each of those performances. And luckily, like what was happening a lot last year, the offense is, has been able to, uh, you know, to, I guess, withstand some of those goaltending errors I suppose we could call them and they're still able to pull off uh, and, and get W's and get wins but at the end of the day this is now three straight performances where Ilya Samsonov has kind of you know gone back down to earth here um, the bubble's starting to burst is is there some concerns here uh, the way that you've seen Samsonov play these, this last you know last few starts he's had I'm not sounding the alarms just yet I mean it wasn't a great performance he still made some big saves in this game but yeah overall body of work like we're seeing a bit of a you know i think we're starting to see things level out a little bit with them right like we're not expecting him to be a nine you know 32 save percentage goaltender the whole season so i think yeah we're seeing a bit of that correction there but it's weird because you know i think they wanted to give him this game to try to they can see he's fighting his confidence a little bit mm-hmm. um you know, you look at the goals tonight. The one that I like, some people were calling him out on the Ryan O'Reilly goal because he got beat clean. But like Ryan O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly was given like, you know, all the time in the world to pick that shot and where he wanted to go with it. Like I don't think the Leafs play like the Leafs played pretty decent, but I don't think they played great defensively. You know, in front of uh, Samsonov and like the penalties they took were really stupid in this game, but. I, I like that he, you know, he didn't, he let in some bad goals or he did allow, let in, you know, four goals, but he, he just worried about making the next save. Yeah. Right? And for me, I think the, um, was the fall the goal was the fall goal that went right through him. Yeah. On the power play. That, that was the one for me where I was like, ah, gotta have that, man. Gotta have that. Yeah. 
And that's when it's like, oh, so just kind of confidence at this point. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. But either way, they, I mean, they, they got the win. So I guess we don't need to harp on the guy too, too much. But um, I think it's at least fair to say and fair to make the comment that, you know, the bubble's starting to burst here on, on Samsonov. And, you know, hopefully it's just a little bit of a rut because um, it's, you know, it's, it's not a winning recipe when you're giving up three or four goals a night like he has in his last, uh, his last three starts. Um, some positives, though, from tonight. I mean, I, I mentioned the depth scoring that uh, that the, the Maple Leafs received tonight. Got goals from um, Alex Kerfoot, got goals from Justin Hall, goal from um, Callie Yarncroft. So that's clearly a, a positive tonight. I thought that the, the top two lines also were, you know, although only Tavares scored a goal, I thought that that top line was actually, you know, buzzing throughout the most of the night. I thought they had a couple of really good opportunities. So up and down, I thought offensively they still were playing, you know, really sound and even their own end. Um, but what's key and, and what I've been harping on or what I was harping on over the last few weeks here is that this team needs to get more contributions from that depth on the nights where the big boys weren't there. I mean, they got a goal from from John Tavares, sure, in regulation. But outside of that, it was three additional depth goals. And then eventually, you know, Willie ends it in, in overtime. So... You know, big boon to uh, to the depth scoring there, and and you know those guys getting on the scoreboard because you're gonna need that. You're definitely gonna need that uh, some nights, and tonight was one of them, and they're rewarded for it with a full two points. Yeah, I think what also impressed me was how much like the Leafs were just trying to get into Jordan Bid and Tin's kitchen, right? This is like I think they showed a um, a graphic of like Bennington's play through the months and like just how inconsistent he's been, like. Jordan Bennett has been absolutely brutal for the Blues, considering like what they're paying him and all those things, and like his antics on the ice as well. I just like that the Leafs were trying to create as much chaos in front of the in front of the net there, and like the Blues, we know them as like a tight defensive team that doesn't really allow those, you know, mo- like you know things to get that chaotic in front of the net. And I think the Leafs took advantage of just you know. That Matt, you brought up Matthews. They brought up the top line. Like, I thought, other than you no know, scoring, they did everything you could ask a top line to do, which was the flurry of chances, extra chances they created, the offensive zone possession. That's what you want to see from that top line. And then what that allows is allows the depth guys to kind of you know take advantage of the softer matchups, and that's kind of what they did tonight. Uh, I mean, Cal Yarncroke was. The way he played tonight was just unbelievable because you know he was doing it at well in all situations. Yeah, and that's what they that's what they signed him to do. I'm I mean I'm, I think I'm kind of previewing a bit of my three stars of the game with this, but like I I was impressed just because this is it's not an easy game to play considering they traveled today. They literally traveled the day of the game, mm-hmm. and it's after the holidays, so you know guys are going to be a little bit relaxed. You have to get yourself into, you know, into that mindset to be ready to play a game. And, you know, they were fighting things. You mentioned the missed calls by the ref. You, um, you know, the the momentum swings. It's not an easy game to win, and they found a way to do it. That's all you, at, you know, in these moments of the season, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and just to to highlight um, how dangerous that Matthews Nylander bunting pair uh, trio was out there tonight. 15 minutes of ice time at five on five, by far uh, the most of any four grouping tonight. That is 63% expected goals, which led the team 
11 scoring chances and uh, six high danger chances and allowed just one high danger chance against. So, um, you know, they were buzzing. Didn't find the back of the net in regulation, but uh, Nylander obviously did eventually find the back of the net in overtime, which uh, was the game winner in tonight's 5-4 win over the St. Louis Blues in Toronto. Now up to uh, the 50 points the Maple Leafs are on the season. So that's uh, obviously um, a big, uh, big milestone for them to hit, I guess, 50 points before the new year. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, let's dive into those three stars that we've you know, been foreshadowing a little bit, I suppose you could say, Dave. So we'll do that in just a moment uh, here on the Locked on These podcast. But before we do, Dave, let's talk about one of today's show sponsors, and that is uh, BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball to hockey, we've got it all at betonline.net. Uh, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're the hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Um, speaking of Bet Online, made some money today. Took the Leafs and the over and. Uh, Cha-ching, it hits. Nice little parlay there to double my money. So that, uh, that worked out well for me. So if you want to be making some money, you can do that uh, at Bet Online as well. Um, so the Leafs with a 5-4 win in overtime. William Nylander with an unbelievable play. Unbelievable play to uh, hunt down Tarasenko, poke the puck loose, and then just the strides he took to create separation there, the, the burst that he had the uh, what's the word that I'm looking for here? I was sh- I was shooting it back and forth with Frank Corrado, and he he used the perfect word for it: explosiveness. The explosiveness of that drive leading to that uh, backhand goal in overtime was just outstanding. Um, he's a guy who probably um, you know didn't sit there and eat for three days straight like you and I. He may have hit the treadmill once or twice. He probably hit the bike. A little bit because you could tell those legs were humming at the end there still. Um, and he was rewarded for it with the overtime winner. All right. A um, little foreshadowing, but he'll probably come up in these three stars potentially. Uh, but, Dave, who was your third star of the hockey game? Uh, my third star, is, there's some good performances. I'm going to give it to Austin Matthews. Mm. I thought he did everything but score in this game. Like, you know, like St. Louis had no answer for him defensively. Like they, like there's so many chances. I did think he was going to score and like Bennington made some decent saves on Austin Matthews, but I just thought he was, he was just on another level. Like that top line, he was kind of the engine that was driving that line. He was going for those loose pucks. He was taking some tough hits in front of the net. He was doing whatever he could to get those chances on that. Like that, that top line was just so nasty tonight. Yeah, he had uh, 0.69 individual expected goals tonight. Was Austin Matthews by himself? Um, five shots on nets, ten scoring chances. Uh, yeah, he was uh, he was a menace for sure. I'm actually giving mine to Alex Kerfoot though. I thought that Kerfoot had uh, a really solid game actually on both ends, defensively and offensively. I mean, obviously you've got the shorthanded goal. 
that he had scored. And, and that was just good work going to the nets and killing time off. And, you know, I think Yarncroft deserves a lot of sh- shout outs for that one as well, but I'm sure we'll get to that. But I thought that Kerfoot did a lot of really good things tonight. You know, he played just, you know, he plays a simple game sometimes. And that's really what you want out of him now that he's in a third line role. He's not expected to produce, but when he can provide that little bit of offense, it clearly, you know, goes a long way. So wanted to give a little shout out to uh, Alex Kerfoot, who, who really is, is playing some 200 foot hockey right now. So thought he should be rewarded with a little third star action. Uh, David, your second star of the hockey game. I'll say one last thing about Kerfoot. The only criticism I had was that offensive zone penalty that he took that led to the Blues goal. Other than that, I thought Kerfoot did have a very solid game. Yeah. Um, I got to give it to Cal Yarncroke. Like, you know, he was just everywhere tonight. Like, he was in on, you know, he was in on the on on a goal himself. He brought up the Kerfoot. Like, that Kerfoot goal doesn't happen without Cal Yarncroke. Oh, just- outstanding. His individual effort on that play, you know, like all that, all that Kerfoot need to do is just make sure he got his stick on that pass in front of that. And it, it almost like he was a little too lax days. Well, it's also because he had to deal with uh, the defender trying to defend in front of the net. But like, yeah, that's like, that's, but like, that's what I think they were expecting from Cal Yarncroke when they signed him. You saw, you're seeing what we saw in the preseason. So it's clear that whatever injury, because I know they said that he was dealing with something before oh, he was timelined. Yeah. So it's clear that something was bothering him because this is the best he has looked all season. And it's given, you know, we've talked about that top, that second line spot with Tavares and Marner being a bit of a concern because you they're not getting much from there. I don't know if he's going to be the long-term solution, but he is definitely filling that role admirably right now. He's yeah. producing offensively. Keep clearly trust him defensively. You saw that late in the game when it was him jumping over the board with Matthews and Marner and not, you know, a guy like Michael Bunting who usually would take that role. So I think he's earning the coach's trust. He's you know, got goals in consecutive games. Let's see how far the Cali train can go. Yeah, absolutely. He's got, uh, since returning from that injury back on December 20th, so just three games, but he's got two goals and three assists, so five points through the three games since uh, returning on to that second line uh, alongside Tavares and Mitch Marner. So uh, Cali Arncroft was also also my second start of the game for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned. I mean, a goal, two helpers, you end up with three points on the night. Um, and, you know, not a whole lot of time, just 15 minutes of ice time. So, you know, pretty efficient when he was out there, registered an, an assist as well, I guess, technically. Um, or a hit as well tonight. So, you know, I, I just think that Callie Yarncroft, like a lot of this, I'm just going to echo a lot of the same sentiments that you made. It seems like he's starting to produce the way that they thought he could, be that kind of secondary um, point producer that they thought, hmm, maybe this guy's worth locking up for the next four years. It's up to seven goals now. Uh, I, I just think that Yarncroft is, is starting to figure things out here with Toronto and, yeah, it's going to give Sheldon Keefe and company um, in another option there, at least in the top six. It, it seems to work so far. We'll see if he can keep it going. Uh, does that mean that the first star is being given to the game-winning goal scorer in Bill Nye, the backhand guy, David? Bill Nye, the Jordan Bennington, your jockstrap was out in the crowd tonight, guy. Like, <laughs> what a back... I, 
it was brought up in the uh, in the Discord as soon as that goal was scored, which is is there any Leaf better at scoring on breakaways than William Nylander? No. 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 Like Austin Matthews isn't that good. William Nylander and the thing about Nit Willie is I felt like he last season like was good for two a game, it seemed yeah. like two breakaways a game. And this year that hasn't happened as much, but we're starting to see him start to really break through and get those now. And and that was just an outstanding play. Like like the explosiveness to fight off Tarasenko is a big boy. Like that's a big dude. He's leaning on you. That's easy to kind of, you know, not be able to shake that off, but shakes it off. Um, and then just a three or four quick strides, powerful, explosive strides, breaks away from Tarasenko who was a little tired at the end of his shift, but still, and uh, creates that separation to, to make it be a one-on-one against the goaltender. And then, uh, you know, makes Bennington go down and forehand, backhand, shelf, mwah, chef's kiss, beautiful. And, you know, for, for the same reason we were talking about Matthews and Bunting and how they were successful all night creating, well, he's the third guy on that line who's also in there creating a whole lot. So, you know, Nylander, he was, he was bound to score, uh, you know, tonight and um, waited until the most important time, I guess, in overtime. That's what now, two straight overtime wins for the Maple Leafs? I think there was the win against uh, Calgary a couple weeks ago, and now yeah. they get the victory here in OT. So, hey, the overtime uh, the overtime demons, maybe they're, they're long gone here because they seem to have figured something out. Well, yeah, I mean, I was a little concerned. Like, I knew they were going to put out David Camp just because – you know, you kind of want to tire out the top line of the Blues, but I didn't expect this Leafs team to just go a full minute without touching the puck in overtime, and that was getting a little concerning. And then obviously things changed when Brody got that penalty That's shot. Like when you have TJ Brody out there, though, you feel better about when you're defending three on three in OT. Yeah, I never understood why, and I remember bringing this up way earlier, like back in maybe. The first overtime loss they suffered to New Jersey, which is back in what, like early November, mid-November maybe, when that happened. And I remember saying, like, why don't the Leafs – and this was actually when Brody got injured, so it it, it wasn't possible for him to go out there. But I'm like, why, instead of starting Morgan Riley at the time, why wouldn't a guy like TJ Brody be the player who starts just so that if you have your two offensive guys but you also have – Brody as that little safety blanket, and it seems like that is happening more often. Whether it's Brody or you know Lilligren, who's who's I guess reliable defensively, can be. You know, I just feel like they are. You know, the one day they had uh, like the other game, they had two defense. Yeah, two defensemen out there, yeah. and then Matthews, and it's like you, you can tell that they they're doing something different, and it's it's working. Yeah, because, you I mean, you get the ability where, you know, if you get that possession right away, you can quickly change someone off, right? But obviously the Leafs have also realized that, you know, it's early on in the in the overtime. They just want to wear down the other opponent. I thought Lilligren was really good in overtime. Like, he, he had to be a bit of the steady guy at times just because, you know, Brody was going up in the play or, you know, St. Louis was really pressuring. I thought Lilligren was really good in that overtime it, like you know, the Leafs when Riley went down you know you're, you're just trying to figure out who would be 
the guy in those situations. I think Timothy Lilligren would be a perfect guy because I think, you know, he can kind of do it on both ends of the ice. I mean, Brody is not a bad idea. Either. Like they, I, I was a little surprised that Jordano made, like maybe people, didn't get up there. I feel people forget that TJ Brody, when he was in junior was like an offensive defenseman. He came yeah. out of the draft. He was in a, Calgary. When he was in Calgary early in his career, he was like a 40 point defenseman early he on. Jordano get that Norris. Like, yeah, but even then he had more so morphed into more of a defensive guy. But like yeah. early in his career, he was an offense. Like he was thought of as an offensive guy, two way guy, but like a, a guy with offense. And now we almost as if we think about him as like a pure defensive shutdown defenseman, and he has no offensive abilities. I mean, the guy has had forty point seasons in the NHL. He can do it. So if you put him out there on three on three, like he's smart enough that he can make those first pass you know, up to the skill guys and they can go do their thing. So I, I mean, now that he's healthy and he's able to hop in there and he's able to be a part of three out three overtime. And I mean, apparently he's a threat offensively too, ends up all alone and forces a penalty shot. It was, he did nothing with it, obviously, <laughs> but I mean, still force a penalty shot. I want to ask you this question actually. Um, and, and then we'll take a break after this and get into some team Canada stuff. But in a situation like that, Dave, when you have a player who is not likely to score on that penalty shot, right? So let's say it was maybe a Zach Aston Reese or Pierre Engvall or uh, TJ Brody or Justin Hall, any of these guys. If they get the penalty shot, I think you should be able to choose or if any penalty shot is, is awarded, mm-hmm. you should be able to choose if you want the power play or the penalty shot. And then if it's a guy like Brody or Justin Hall or anyone who has stone mitts, you say, no, we elect for the power play instead. I believe you should get the choice of which you would rather have. See, I thought you were going to go with the direction of they should have the choice of who takes the penalty shot. No, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't think that should be the case. I mean, I know that's in international rules. That's the, the, the situation there. I don't believe that because I think whoever gets the breakaway should have to take that breakaway shot. So it's like, okay, if you were going to score, go ahead. Now you get your free look. I understand that. Now I have a problem with it, but I think that it would be more beneficial, I guess. And it would create more offense, maybe even, and even, you know, would put more spin, more fun into the game. If the coach and the team has to decide, well, are we going to take the penalty or are we going to do the penalty shot? You know, if it's a guy like William Nylander, okay, you're going to go for the penalty shot, clearly. Yeah. But in that situation where it's Brody, it's like, mm, maybe we'd be better off with uh, an extra man for two minutes. I you think TJ I mean? Brody would, I mean, looking at his reaction after the penalty shot, I'm pretty sure he agrees with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. Even the Discord was kind of like, I kind of wish we had the choice to defer to a power play. Which I don't I don't mind that because it's a penalty regardless. I, I I have no issue with that. Um I just think that they also the you know you get a chance to end the game right there. You kind of want to take it most of the time. But I think yeah coaches will realize do I want TJ Brody who only has one goal in the season and isn't exactly tested well in the shootout to be the one taking the penalty shot? Probably not. I would probably go for the power play because the Leafs are actually really good on the power play in overtime. So I would take the higher percentage play, which is the power play. But 
tis not the rule, unfortunately. We did no. not get that in our Christmas stockings. Yeah, no, we did not. But maybe that is something that uh, that uh, Gary Bettman and company could talk about at the next GM meeting that they're at or whatever meeting discusses those. Excuse they have to go to Boca Raton, Florida. Board, yeah, Board of Governors or whatever it is. Anywho, uh, why don't we take a quick break when we get back? We'll, we'll spend a couple of minutes here chatting about uh, Team Canada and their loss. And then they got a game uh, tonight as well. So we can kind of tee that up as well. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studios and the Locked On These Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. I know typically we stick to lease related stuff, but it's Christmas time, which means it's World Junior time. And most people who track the Toronto Maple Leafs and want to come and, and listen to people talk about hockey and the Leafs probably also are Team Canada fans and are also tracking what's going on with the World Junior. So um, throughout the next week and a half or so until January 5th, after the championship has been given, the gold medal has been given, we'll also be kind of tracking what's going on with Team Canada and the World Junior Championships as well. And for those who, who watched the game on Boxing Day, I imagine most of you guys did, uh, you're probably just as PO'd as Dave and I when they walked away with a 5-2 loss in the first game of the tournament against uh, against uh, Czechia and look credit to Czechia man like that's that's a good team they also went and dummied the Lapia today um, like nine nothing or something like that so they're a good hockey team they got a really some quality players uh, you know a couple of uh, high-end draft picks from last year and also this year another couple of draft picks who are coming from that squad so they're a good team but on paper they're still not as good as team Canada is Dave and there's no reason for Canada to lose 5-2 to Czechia at that. Um, I mean, what went wrong, do you think, uh, against Czechia for you? Uh, I think a couple of things. Goaltending, I think, was number one on my list. Like, I know a lot of talk was about the, the Michigan attempts by Bedard in that game. And, uh, like, yeah, you know what? It's probably when you're struggling to get offense going especially early maybe don't try those things I, I but i'm not totally against if it works it works if it doesn't work it's just like a like a shot attempt on that i'm not gonna fault the the those guys for trying it i i, I just think that you know defensively canada wasn't at their best either you know Czechia took it to them they were disciplined i think canada lacked the discipline but I still also just think that they went with the wrong goaltender to start the game. I, I I didn't understand it going into the game. Like you look at the numbers of these two guys. One guy has a well, like you know, he had Peter Morazic numbers, and you know, you got this. Other, you know, you have uh, Thomas Millick, who had who's been really pretty solid in the WHL. Like I did not understand that to like start your tournament. You kind of want to avoid. What just happened, which is everyone kind of going, uh-oh, first game and you're getting, it wasn't even close, really, because they just, they'll check it, took it to them in the second period. Like, that's pretty demoralizing. Yeah. I mean, they, the the penalty that that made it 4-2, 5-2, and, and really allowed them to build on that lead, 
I mean, some people aren't going to like to call um, the match penalty and, and giving him a five-minute major and, and, you know, allowing them to, I guess, score that way. I'm not going to complain, I guess, on, on that one. It was the follow-through was a bit of a check to the head. But regardless, I think you're right. Goaltending kind of let them down. Um, you know, a couple of those goals you, you just can't can't allow. Um, so Ben Goudreau just didn't have a great game. And, you know, Milicic came in, and I thought that he kind of settled the ship a little bit once he did enter. And, and I think Canada, sometimes you switch up the goalie as a, a – you know, a message to your team. And that seemed like one from Dennis Williams, like, Hey, let's get it going here. Like we're not helping Ben at all. You know, this is a wake up call by taking him out of the game. Um, and I thought that in the third period, they, they played a little bit more stern, I guess you could say. Uh, but, but overall it, they were too cute. And I'm not just talking about the Michigan attempts that they were making there in the first period. But like trying to toe drag, they were trying all these cross ice passes, trying to deep through the legs of of the defensemen. Like there wasn't a whole lot of straight line take the puck to the net. Um, Note they they looked like the Maple Leafs early on in the season when they were rolling through and struggling on that California road trip. That's what it looked like. And Czechia sat there and said, "Hey, if we just play structured and and wait for them to try something cute, and then you know may, they make a mistake, force a turnover." I mean, we can capitalize on that, and, and they were able to do that, and then they were able to also capitalize on the power play as well. So that ultimately, I think, special teams, um, you know, poor goaltending, and then just, you know, being a little too cute early on in the game, uh, to me, is is what really cost Canada in that game. And, and I would expect, they've got Germany tonight, I would expect for Canada to play a little bit more of a, a north-south game as opposed to an east-west game, and maybe bottle up that cuteness a little bit and, and try and just, you know, play hockey and score goals as opposed to get themselves on sports center and on every highlight really could. My other thing too, is I hope that that penalty, you know, the legal check to the head doesn't take away from Canada, maybe trying to be a little more assertive physically. Yeah. Like that gets you into the game a little bit more. Look, WHF officiating is very frustrating at times. But there's ways to be physical without hitting a guy in a questionable way. I, but I think Canada needs to get into it a little bit more physically, too, in the right way. Just make it a little tough. Like, Sweden got shut out by, by uh, sorry, Germany got shut out by Sweden. Yeah, They're not exactly a team that I expect. They're, they're not the Germany of old where they had a Mo Sider's not on that team. Yeah. Stutzler's not on that team. Albin grew and like they had some solid, solid players uh, a few years ago. It's it's you know that crop has rotated out, and now they're back to being kind of bottom feeders at this tournament. And like Canada's got a bunch of guys here who are are already drafted. I, I'm like expecting this to be a Connor Bedard. Like I think a pissed off Connor Bedard is one that I want to see how, like, is this going to be his, like, you know, I'm happen and I'm just going to take it to Germany. Cause I, I think, I think, I think a game like that, it's also, I find that when Canada plays at home, there's, there's the pressure is definitely elevated, right? You know, it's, that's a tough, that's a tough, you want to make a good impression, but there's, there's some nerves, I think. And these are young guys. We always forget these are all under 20, you know, 20 and under. These aren't seasoned veterans playing in a tournament like this. So, you know, I, I think there was probably some nerves there. You know, there's probably family. There's probably 
a lot there's a lot riding on this tournament for a lot some of these guys so i i think getting getting kind of that wake-up call i'm expecting uh i'm expecting a little bit of a different type of approach from canada and against germany for sure what did you make of the goal song selection i don't i look i'm of i'm so i'm of the belief that you can't just go to the same wall all the time it's why we've been you know telling the leaves that they need to change the goal song i i also i mean a lot of people were just really pissed off with the way that was go the game was going they're like oh you know if you spent more time worrying about the game and how you're playing on the ice and you are about the goal song maybe you'd be doing better i'm like I don't think the players were worrying too much about the goal song, but I do like the fact that they changed it. I, you know, it gets a little redundant, especially when you're, ha- you know, in the last run, you get like a 14 nothing win for Canada and you're like, all right, I think this goal song can be retired now. So I right. don't mind that they made a change. I do not mind you, it at all. You didn't like, Hey baby. You didn't want Hey baby. I like, the song. I like the song. I think I actually think the hot crowd in Halifax would have loved Hey baby, but I also think it's I, I think they appreciate this one more. Like this isn't this is an East Coast song. Like this is like a Scottish, you know, like this is a Nova Scotian based song. Like my mother, who's from Nova Scotia, when she heard this song go and they scored, she's like, Oh my god, it's heave away. And I was like, makes sense. They're in Halifax. It makes sense that this is the the song that they decided to do. I think uh are we allowed to play it? Are we gonna get flagged? If we play oh, it? we'll get flagged a thousand percent. But wow. funny enough, like when I heard that song, it made me think back to a project when we were in school together that I used for like a Briar, you know, the Briar when it was in Halifax. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of that heave away is like the transcendent Halifax song. It's it's it, I I it's, I'm not surprised it's not their national anthem right it's, now. It's like a newfie newfie song. I believe it was written by like the the band The Fables. I think come from Newfoundland. Fables, yep. Um. So it's not like a Nova Scotian band, I suppose. But they're from St. John's, Newfoundland. They're all in that little pocket area. Like they're all new coasters, Atlantic Canada. Trust me, I have many family members from that area i've got i mean my mom's from cape breton they're there if there's anyone from cape breton that listens to this podcast you know exactly what i'm talking about when i say they're a different breed there <laughs> and uh, i can say that because i'm part cape bretoner through association with my mother and my grandmother and a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins that still currently live uh live there but they certainly appreciated uh, appreciate the song that uh, that they chose there um, well, Dave, let's hope for a much better result tonight. Hopefully we can listen to that song more than just twice. I only had to listen to it a couple times. Maybe six, seven, eight, perhaps. Maybe would be nice. Nice big victory to uh, avenge the loss that they had suffered on, on Boxing Day and put, uh, put a lot of Canada back on ease because I saw so many so many people tweeting away oh the team great on paper but they're all just a bunch of wussies and they play soft and skilled and yada yada a lot of the same stuff we were listening that we heard back when the Leafs were struggling early on this season seems like a lot of the same parallels um you know could be drawn there and well look where the Leafs are at now so maybe they just need to find their footing and uh, they gotta do it a lot quicker than the Leafs did that's for sure they don't have a month to correct themselves and find their footing. Uh, but hopefully they can 
somewhat get it done tonight against Germany. They'll be at 6.30. Obviously, you can watch it on, uh, on TSN. Uh, and then the Leafs, it's an off day for them. And then they're back in action. They've got the Arizona Coyotes on Thursday. So we will be back tomorrow to tee that game up. We'll also break down this Canada game uh, as well, probably. Uh, but that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked on these podcasts on all podcast platforms. Receive daily leaves content. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Over 50% of our viewership still are non-subscribers. What's going we on? Have so many, we have so many returning viewers. Something don't add up. Some of y'all aren't subscribing. Just subscribe. Do us a solid. Do us a favor. Do yourself. Free holiday gift to us. Yes. Come on. Come on. We got to beat Locked On Habs. That's really, we got to get to 5K before them. That's the goal. And that's what we've set for ourselves. So uh, we can only do that by the help help of you wonderful, wonderful listeners. Uh, You can also leave a comment down below. Um, you know, we'll respond to, uh, to anything down below if you'd like. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow, but until then keep locked right here on lockdown leaps.